0: From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, grid laser and triamcinolone for diabetic macular edema.
1: When the macula has dry out, the grid laser treatment will become uh, much more effective, and therefore by this alone. You can have a better final outcome in terms of both essential fulfillment as well as best corrective
0: visual acuity. First, this, in order to provide medical education free of commercial bias, as seen from here, requires a financial interest disclosure before any podcast program. Dr. Lamb declares no real or apparent conflicts of interest. The Open Ophthalmology Project at OpenOphthalmology.com is an enormous success with over 5,000 users in 57 countries. I have an announcement and a request about this open courseware ophthalmology project. First, I am happy to announce a dramatic improvement in functionality. Beginning this month, new versions of the 20 lecture optics series will be podcast. When you launch any of these new podcasts in iTunes, you'll see the word chapters appear on the menu bar. Each of the lectures has been divided by subtopic, and you can navigate directly to the subtopic of your choice by clicking on the chapters menu item. If you are viewing the lectures on a computer, an iPhone, or an iPod Touch, you'll also see an improvement in video resolution. Just in time for the OCAPs or the boards. I have a request. I want to solicit lectures for the Open Ophthalmology Project. Perhaps you have a lecture you would like to distribute to our large viewer base. Just email me at jyoungmd at gmail.com. I'll be happy to have you on board, and so will ophthalmology residents from Dublin to Dubai. Come check it out at openophthalmology.com. Grid laser therapy has been the mainstay of treatment for diabetic macular edema. More recently, intravitreal triamcinolone has proven effective as well. But what about a combination of these therapies? Sometimes therapies are additive, in that case, 2 plus 2 equals 4. Sometimes therapies are synergistic, and 2 plus 2 equals 5. Sometimes therapies are less than additive, and 2 plus 2 equals only 3. Dennis Lamb is a preeminent authority on this matter, and it is with great pleasure that I welcome him as my guest today. Dennis Lamb, welcome to A Scene From Here. How does grid laser therapy work, and what evidence exists that grid laser therapy is effective in the treatment of diabetic macular edema?
1: Okay, yeah. Well, the gold standard of diabetic macular edema treatment is macular laser photocoagulation, the benefit of which was demonstrated in the early treatment diabetic retinopathy study. The mechanism of laser photocoagulation is thought to induce proliferations of both the endothelial cells in retinal capillaries and pigment epithelial cells thereby improving the efficacies of both inner and outer blood retinal barriers. However, uh, patients have only minimal uh, visual improvement after laser treatment, and less than 3% have visual improvement of three lines at three years. Moreover, 12% of eyes developed moderate we saw loss at three years despite treatment, and 40% of eyes with retinal thickening involving the central macula persistent edema at 12 months. Uh, therefore, uh, you know we have these quick uh, laser treatment. Uh, the overall results have not been too encouraging.
0: What evidence exists that intravitreal triamcinolone is effective in the treatment of diabetic macular edema, and how does intravitreal triamcinolone work in this context?
1: Yeah, The, uh, First, talking about the effectiveness of intravitreal syndrome in treating diabetic macular edema was published by Jonas in 2001 in the American Journal of Ophthalmology. And after that, uh, there have been several studies demonstrated that uh, intravitreal tramsinolone uh, is effective for treating diabetic macular edema as a first-line treatment uh, and in eyes with or without previous uh, great laser treatment. Our group also demonstrated that similar results in patient with or without simultaneous uh, fecal emulsifications. Uh, trimsinolone acts by reducing the breakdown of the blood retinal barrier. I think uh, one of the major limitations is is recurrency.
0: Does the effect of intravitreal trimcinolone persist after the resorption of the trimcinolone?
1: The trimcinolone will stay in the eye for about three to six months, and after it's being reabsorbed, majority of cases will have the edema recur and uh, to a great extent affecting the beneficial effect of uh, visual improvement. And uh, so uh, the uh, resorption uh, is really a main, is a main issue and that will uh, bring on the recurrency.
0: Your study deals with a combination of intravitreal triamcinolone and grid laser therapy. What rationale exists for combining these two therapies?
1: You just mentioned about the uh, possible mechanisms of the two different modalities of treatment. The hypothesis that uh, by performing uh, both intravitreal chancelone injection and laser photocoagulation, the two mechanisms might act synergistically and thereby increase and prolong the beneficial effects of intravitreal chancelone in reducing macular edema. Moreover, grid laser photocoagulation on an edematous macula is not just technically more difficult, but also less effective to achieve desired effect. Reduction of macular edema by intravitual first may render grid laser treatment easier and achieve a better result.
0: Dr. Lam, can I get you to describe the design of this study?
1: Our study is a prospective 3 arm Randomized clinical trial. We have a three arm. Uh, the first arm is uh, the grid uh, laser group, and then we have the triamcinolone uh, injection group, and then we have the uh, sequential uh, laser group. The laser was given about one month after the triamcinolone was given.
0: How did you arrive at the triamcinolone dose, and how was the triamcinolone prepared? Was it washed prior to injection?
1: Uh, there has been a big range of uh, trimsinolone from 2 to 25 uh, milligrams. Uh, we have chosen the 4 milligram uh, dosage as most of the studies are using this uh, dosage, 4 milligrams, in 0.1 uh, mil or 0.1 cc. Uh, I think uh, the other major consideration is the volume of injection. If we use uh, 4 milligrams, then uh, 0.1 uh, cc is quite uh, tolerable by the eye in terms of the intraocular hypertension uh, uh, effect. and. Uh, we want to mimic uh, the uh, uh, clinical setting in which we want to uh, have the minimal amount of extra work because extra work uh, not just means uh, resources, but also means uh, maybe uh, you know you make the procedure more uh, complicated. And therefore, uh, it's very simple for us. We we did not wash the transsinalon. Uh, we simply uh, use the transsinalon in the original preparation. Uh, in fact, we have done uh, cytotoxic uh, uh, studies in our laboratory. Uh, we have published that paper before, and we find that uh, there has not been any uh, appreciable uh, or significant cytotoxic effect in terms of the transgenerome or the carrier, uh, the, uh, the preservative. Uh, in terms of uh, leading to uh, uh, cytotoxicity. And therefore, uh, we are quite comfortable uh, with using these uh, uh, ordinary preparation without washing.
0: How is the Triamcinolone given? Uh, is, is it given in the examination lane? Is it given in, in a minor operating room? Do, do you actually bring the patients to the OR? What's your standard protocol?
1: Uh, we are doing this in an outpatient setting, so it's not inside a uh, an operating theatre. So we we you know uh, we have done the uh, standard uh, aseptic uh, technique, and uh, we we withdraw uh, the uh, drugs and to the appropriate uh, amount, and then uh, we inject into the eyeball, and then we will. Uh, we will see whether there are any uh, in regurgitation of uh, the, uh, with the liquid side riches. For patients who are older and who may have uh, more uh, liquid fraction of the riches. When you uh, pull out your needle, there will be some regurgitation of the fluid, which under that circumstance, the intraocular pressure is usually very safe. On the other hand, if you find nothing coming out after you pull out your needle, you have to be very cautious about the uh, ocular hypertensive effect.
0: What were your outcome measures for this study?
1: Well, our two major outcome measures are, number one is the central for thickness, and number two is the best corrected uh, visual activity.
0: What were your findings? What were your results?
1: Well, all our patients uh, have completed their six-month follow-up. We have altogether 111 uh, eyes uh, in 111 patients. And then uh, the baseline uh, mean central foveal fitness uh, were all similar. So uh, after treatment, significant central foveal fitness reductions were noted in only the chim and the combined groups, not the one with the laser trimmer. And then uh, the mean central fear thickness includes significantly to minimums of uh, 267 and 256 uh, for the individual Chim-Synalong and combined groups uh, respectively. Uh, this compare, you know, uh, uh, Significantly in terms of uh, reduction with that of the baseline because uh, we are talking about in the trium synonym group, uh, the original uh, baseline was uh, 396, now it's 267, and for the combined group it's 424, and now it's 256. So basically, uh, in terms of central fovea thickness. Uh, we have a statistical significant difference between these uh, transcendental and the uh, combined groups. The 70 with uh, the combined group, that's just the one uh, with a sequential laser, is having statistical uh, significant vector reduction in the central for field thickness. However, for the visual activity, there has not been significant difference between all the three groups and And so, uh, our results are, number one, there has been a trend in terms of a prolonged action of the combined group. And there has been significant uh, difference at 17 weeks between the transyndrome and the combined group. Number two, uh, in terms of visual activity, there has not been uh, any appreciable significant uh, difference uh, for the, all the three groups at any time, point.
0: How long did the benefit of therapy persist?
1: The benefit, uh, I think, uh, as we mentioned already, in terms of visual activity in our studies, there has not been significant differences. Uh, on the other hand, for the central for fitness uh, the maximal uh, effect uh, for the transignal and the combined group uh, it happens at about uh, one month after the injections, and then uh, the results uh, started to to be uh, uh, reducing uh, until our, the end of our study, which is six months. Nevertheless, uh, we still have uh, some improvement at the end of the uh, six months and. This is uh, pretty uh, uh, comparable to, to other
0: studies. How do your data compare with those of other researchers?
1: Well, there have been two other studies comparing uh, the you know, uh, transindulone with that of the combined uh, sequential treatment. Uh, the first study was published in 2005 in the American Journal of Pneumology by a VP vid- part bio and co-authors, so they have uh, performed a free arm study similar to that of ours. The results uh, were that uh, they could not find any uh, significant difference in terms of the uh, central fulfill sickness. Uh, for us, we do find some uh, you know, difference, we do find uh, uh, prolonged actions. But one thing uh, that worth mentioning is that they performed the grid laser three months after the triumph signal. The results of uh, no action may means that uh, they simply pre- performed the grid laser too late. So the uh, beneficial effect of this uh, combination of treatment is that you have to treat the eye when the edema uh, has been subsided significantly so that the grid laser will be uh, more effective. Uh, so so this is the first study by uh, Arvita Baal. And then the other study is by Ken and co-authors. So uh, they uh, treat the uh, patient uh, three weeks after initial transignal injection. And they find significant difference in terms of the uh, central fulfill as well as the... Uh, as well as the uh, visual activity. So these are the two studies available, uh, and our results are somewhat in between. Uh, and in all this study, uh, in terms of the actual case number, they are not really uh, uh, sort of uh, large enough to make a definitive uh, conclusion.
0: Now, I'm going to restate something that you just said. In addition to the fact that the mechanisms of these two therapies are synergistic, that the timing of the grid laser therapy after the intravitreal triamcinolone probably does matter in the sense that the intravitreal triamcinolone can reduce the central foveal thickness and that this can potentiate the effect of the grid laser therapy so that the grid laser therapy works better because the central fovea is made thinner Resulting from the injection of the intravitreal triamcinolone, and that if one were to wait, let's say three months, uh, that some of this initial benefit of the reduction of the central foveal thickness is going to be lost, and that an opportunity will have been missed to potentiate the effect of the laser therapy.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I fully agree. In the first study, which was published in 2005, uh, they use laser three months after intra-visual time and then they have a negative outcome. On the other hand, another study published in 2006, they uh, do the laser three weeks after the treatment, and then they find significant improvement in terms of the central for fitness as well as the uh, uh, the visual activity. So I I think uh, one possibility is that uh, when the macula has dried out the grid laser treatment would become uh, much more effective. And therefore, by this alone, you can have a better final outcome in terms of both essential for field fitness as well as best correct visual activity. On the other hand, uh, this may also uh, become important component to this uh, potential synergistic effect. So in, in essence, the timing of uh, laser is really uh, one critical issue that we have to further look into.
0: Now, you touched on this, but I want to flesh it out here. Uh, You measured central foveal thickness. To what extent does central foveal thickness reflect visual acuity or subjective complaints?
1: Uh, There have been uh, various studies showing that the visual outcome is quite dependent on uh, a number of parameters, including, for example, durations of the macular edema uh, the period, uh, macular laser treatment, and then the age of the patient, the lens status, the glucose status, and the presence of heart disease. So, uh, I think uh, conceptually, uh, if you do not have anatomical improvement, it's quite difficult for you to have a functional improvement. Uh, on the other hand. Uh, If uh, you have uh, these good anatomical improvement, you are not guaranteed with good visual acuity improvement because of all the artifacts that I have just mentioned. And therefore, I think uh, it's difficult to have a direct correlation between the anatomical improvement and the functional improvement.
0: Having reviewed the results of your study, let me ask you, is, is there any role for grid laser therapy in the treatment of diabetic macular edema?
1: I do think that grid laser treatment uh, is an adjunct to uh, treating this diabetic macular edema, but you have to do it when the macular edema has been largely subsided. And in addition, uh, you don't know uh, whether you can get further enhanced effect if you treat the eye with more than one time grid laser. So I think this is an area that worth looking into.
0: Do you have any reservations about recommending what will ultimately be repeated intravitreal triamcinolone therapy in diabetic patients, many of whom are relatively young?
1: Yes, I do uh, have reservations nowadays because uh, we have uh, possibly better alternative, which is uh, uh, intravitreal uh, anti-VEG for example Avastin. So uh, the the high effects, uh, especially when you're talking about uh, repeat injections, uh, you know, from intraocular uh, hypertension to these uh, cap formation. So, uh, if you have no other alternative, uh, I would still recommend people to consider repeat injection. Uh, however, nowadays, you have a and other anti In our centers, we have been doing study on that, and it has been shown that it will be uh, pretty effective. So I I think uh, you may be able to avoid these repeat uh, injections by number one, after you have done the first time injection, you will give some uh, additional grid laser treatment. And then number two, when you have the currency, you can consider uh, uh, giving uh, antivirus instead of uh, uh, individual germ syndrome.
0: Dr. Lem, what do you do in your own practice?
1: well, in fact, we have a few directions. Number one is that we are moving uh, uh, away from this individual uh, trans We are using uh, sub-tenone uh, a lot more, but we are using higher dosages. This is number one. And number two, we are also using a lot of uh, uh vasting. And then number three, in refactoring in difficult cases, we are using combination treatment. So uh, intravitro-transinol, intravitro-avastin, uh, sub-tinol, and and uh, good laser uh, in isolation or combination is our choices at hand.
0: Dr. Lam, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's really wonderful.
0: Dennis Lam is professor and chair of the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at the Chinese University of Hong Kong in Hong Kong. His paper is intravitreal triamcinolone plus sequential grid laser versus triamcinolone or laser alone for treating diabetic macular edema six-month outcomes appears in the December 2007 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Lam or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Call our listener response lines in the United States dial area code 646-808-0231, in the United Kingdom dial 020-7558-8275, or Skype jayoungmd. Those numbers can be found on our website as seenfromhere.com as seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.